0: what's up everyone this is final fan tv and you are watching final podcast 13. we have a very special guest party member tonight and his plus one you may know him as libertus from final fantasy 15 king's and 15's multiplayer expansion comrades he has stayed active in the final fantasy community as the narrator of mj gallagher's niebelheim incident audiobook uh which is a series presented by kupacom, kupacom. audio listeners it is liam movi how you doing liam
1: yeah, very good. Thanks. Very good. Very good. It's good to be on. Thank you for having me Thank and you for so allowing much. me to bring a plus one. Yeah, We're glad you're here.
0: Can you introduce <laughs> um, your plus one to us, please?
1: So uh, the plus one, who you can see below me, is uh, the infamous MJ Gallagher, or mm-hmm. Mo to his friends, as you can see in the bottom corner. Yeah, um, I'm
2: I'm I'm delighted to be here. Um, I've I've obviously lost a bet uh, of some <laughs> sort. Um, <laughs> Uh, or, or or Liam has um he knows some dirty secrets about me that, that I have to be here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I, joke, joking aside, I'm I'm delighted I'm delighted to join in. It's it's so good to be back on the show.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, all joking aside, for sure, we are really thrilled to have you on the show as well uh as a returning guest, Jake Gallagher. This is like I said uh previously. He is the author of the Nibelheim Incident uh, and. Also, the unofficial novelizations of Final Fantasy VII, as well as his most recent book, The Norse Norse Myths that has inspired Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Definitely check out all those books, but we'll be talking about that a little bit later uh, for now. We're focusing on Liam Mulvey and his uh, incredible work as Libertus in Final Fantasy XV, King's Glaive, as well as The Comrades, uh, multiplayer expansion.
3: That's right. And
0: uh, I have to say... Uh, for me personally, uh, Kingsglaive is, if not one of, or if not the favorite uh, CGI movie for me. Um, I really love Kingsglaive. Uh, and when we had M- uh, Mo, I'm calling Mo now because I feel like we're friends now. So I'm gonna call him Mo. Uh, this is you know this is the second time seeing him on the show. I feel like we've upgraded. So
2: uh, <laughs> when we were we were talking well, like about, yeah. I mentioned you, to, you uh, get three Mo's, then you have to go back to MJ Gallagher.
0: <laughs> I was actually thinking like I saw this this post that you posted on uh, Twitter. It was like somebody like who did this, and it was like Mo G, and I was like, dude, no way, Mog
2: like what the, should it is his name mog from now yeah, on like no it was it was written in the stars does anybody call Mo-G. you mog no is that like is it offensive it almost feels offensive i don't know i
3: don't
0: feel no, like i'm gonna call uh,
2: you mog no the the, the <laughs> it, it's sort of a running joke that obviously Muggles uh from from final fantasy and one of the most famous Muggles is mog the Muggle. Mm-hmm. um so so when Kubikon did the, the sort of character art for the um the tripom card series they just put Moji because it's it's, it's a pun basically because yeah. obviously I'm Mo Gallagher but also Mog. Mog. Uh, yeah. so that's yeah, as it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just been written in the stars yeah. that, that, my name would it? would tie in that way as, <laughs> as long I as mean, you're Ma-
3: sharpening your knives for good <laughs> <it. laughs>
0: well when Bring when, when Mog was on the show uh, I, I mentioned to him, uh, like, you know, I really enjoyed the Nibelheim incident. He told me that there was uh, an audiobook series going on presented by Koopa Khan, uh, read by Liam Mulvey. And I immediately went, that's Libertus from Final Fantasy XV's K- Kingsglave." Like, seriously. And then I think from there, we just kind of had this connection where I was just, you know, I think I, I told him how much I really wanted to have you on the show, talk to you um, because I love Kingsglave so much. Uh, so my question that's for you- pretty damn cool. It is. It is really cool that you know. I didn't. I never really thought that we'd be sitting here hanging out with with Liam Mulvey. you know, much less both Liam Mulvey and Mo at the uh, same uh, time. And the plus one, yeah. You know, and his and his plus one that he brought <laughs> the along. <is> like, <laughs> the first guest that ever wanted to bring a plus one, and we we're like, yeah, you know, sure, man. I don't know who this guy is, but I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah.
2: At weekends, I'm Liam's caterer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what's really cool about this is that King's um, Kingsglade is actually coming out in 4k soon or if it's already hmm. released i'm not sure but it's actually going to be coming out on 4k uh ultra hd disc soon and that's uh that's really exciting that this is lining up this uh podcast is lining up with the release of that um so that was nearly five years ago at this point
1: uh yeah. so yeah um yeah, my, five, it september 2016 it came up right so yeah yeah so, four and a half years at the moment it's uh, how, how crazy happens. how time is flying? yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um uh, yeah well obviously things things were all right and then the world well actually uh we filmed kingsglaive and then the uk voted for brexit and it's kind of been downhill since then really <laughs> um culminating with 2020 True. which was a fantastic year uh oh. that no one is glad to see the back of clearly yeah. um no it's been good it's been good um one of the lovely things about doing the Final Fantasy uh, stuff is is being involved in the, the community. Um, I'd played some of the games and things like that before doing it, so I knew kind of what what a big deal being in, in that franchise was. Um, but even then, being able to actually then start doing conventions and meeting people and uh, meeting people like Mo uh, and the Coopercon guys and all that lot, um has been really really cool really really good fun uh and i've got to travel all over the world doing stuff for for Kingsway. <laughs> well yeah filming promoting uh recording stuff mm-hmm. bits and pieces all around the world it's been it's been really really uh it's been really really cool really really great project yeah. completely changed my life to be honest
0: that's awesome um like we go back to before it was released before Kingsglaive was coming out. I think this is, you know, I'm going back before uncovered event. Um, yeah. Like how was the moment when you, like you said, you touched on a little bit earlier, you touched on, uh, you know, you, you, you were a fan of the final fantasy franchise and you just found out that you were going to be in a final fantasy, like I would say prequel, but I guess it's kind of parallel with the game, but yeah. Yeah. It,
1: is, it was a weird one because the, the whole process was a bit odd to be yeah. honest. So I got a phone call from my agent uh, and she just said, there's an animated film interested in you, they've asked for your details so I, I sent it over don't know much more than that. So like, okay This sort of rumbled on for a bit and then started getting sent paperwork through um, So the first one was uh, was a non-disclosure Um, So at this point, I still didn't have a clue what it was, who it was, who I was, anything. Um, And the non-disclosure came through and obviously said Square Enix on it. But it still gave the code name for the project. It didn't give the actual so still at this point I still don't know what I'm signing up for but I'm like okay I won't talk about this thing I know nothing about um (laughs) easy right (laughs) exactly yeah I'm up for something what can you tell us nothing um so yeah so I signed this paperwork and uh my I sort of my best mate was there when I was looking at the paperwork and so he knew at Square Enix as well and we were sort of going well what could it be could it be and we basically, because of using Western actors and everything, we were saying, well, it's going to be one of the Western stuff, so it's going to be Tomb Raider or mm. Deus Ex or one of these That's ones. Um, and so we were going through all this stuff, Hitman, all of these different games going, well, that would be cool. Imagine, well, I mean, It might be quite nice being in something like that. That would be awesome. Um, and then got the paperwork through that said, uh, that was the contract that then said Final Fantasy and all this and I was like oh wow I then sort of went back to my best mate and went you know with that thing we were talking about that I'm now not allowed to talk about because I signed that thing that means I can't tell you anything well it's none of the things we were talking about and he was like right okay is it that one then and I was like I can't say and he's like okay that's cool (laughs) so uh... I can't confirm or deny (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so yeah and then it's, it still was a very weird process because at this point I hadn't actually auditioned. Um, they were just doing it off what was on my profile, so I, I not auditioned. They hadn't seen me in the room, anything. And then we then obviously my agents going, Look, "Do do you want to see him?" Or they said, "Yeah, actually we will. We'll see him on the I think it was the twenty third of December. It was just before Christmas, and yeah, I was I." was leaving London to go and spend a couple of nights at my dad's and then go up to my mum's up in Derbyshire. And I'd left London already. And they then went, can you come back and do this audition? So I got the train <laughs> back into London, did the audition then went back out to my dad's. Um, and again, it was a, it was quite a weird process because walked into the room, there were two guys there um, and uh, didn't know who, who they were. And, um, And it was very much good cop, bad cop. So one of them was very lovely and smiley and very nice, um, who turned out to actually be Larry Sparks from uh, Square Enix, very high up in the European branch. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still at Square now, but he was one of the top dogs at at Square. Um, And the other guy was involved in all the casting. And he was playing. So Larry was very much the good guy, all smiles, all happy, very friendly, very welcoming. And Martin, who was doing the casting from the casting agency, was just evil, just straight up evil, like short of throwing a chair at me, but not far off. He said to me at one point, I walked in and he went, hi, thanks for coming in. Right. What what do you know? And I said, well, I know it's Final Fantasy. Um, and that's about it. And he went, that's all you need to know. Right. Uh, so you've you've done some stuff for us. Great. Do it. So it was literally that. I was like, right. Right. Um, and they hadn't even given us scripts. We had no sides, nothing at this point. So they'd asked us to prepare, um, just to either come and improvise something or prepare something that was, um, they wanted happy, sad, and uh, some sort of sort of rousing military style speech. Um, so I did a speech from a, a piece of new writing I'd been involved in for the, the happy and sad and use that. And then I used the, um, I used the speech from uh, Pacific Rim that we are cancelling the apocalypse nice. uh, and did that for the rousing one um, <laughs> that's what got it that's what got you the, the job right there Idris Elba got me Final Fantasy King's safe. Uh, I, I didn't did know that part of the story did that's you know? amazing yeah. no? so I used I, I used that spe- I was like what rousing okay well I could do some Shakespeare or and I was like no that's what I'm doing Pacific rim. Do- so, um, <laughs> so yeah I did Pacific Rim and then off I went and went away for Christmas and didn't hear anything and then 10 days had passed and still hadn't heard anything and I was like okay it's probably a no then you know if you haven't heard anything by that point it's probably a no they were clearly they were clearly somewhere along the process I went for another audition for an advert or something like that and phoned my agent afterwards and was saying oh yeah yeah cool that was fine by the way have we heard anything she said no no I'll chase them up she calls me back about an hour later and goes um so, I, th- I think you've got it, but I'm not sure. <laughs> and they've just really? sent some pictures through of what, what, they, what they want from the character. And I think the picture they sent through is you. <laughs> and they've got a picture of me from when I did production of Titus Andronicus up in Edinburgh, where I was um, a skinhead. With mutton chops doing a 1980s version of, uh, <laughs> and they sent that to my agent, going, "Can he look like this?" And I was like, "Well, yes, I can, because that's me." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jokes um, on you! I already did it. And then, yeah, so so my agent goes, "Well, okay, has he has he got it?" And Carson director says, "Like, well, I think he ha- he signed all the paperwork, hasn't he?" Well, "Yes, but that was before he auditioned. So presumably, presumably they've had an idea about whether he's in or not since the audition." And he just went back and forth. Eventually, it came through, going, <laughs> "Yes, you you have got it," but it was all very, very weird. And even at this point, I still didn't know who I was playing or what. Um. Then I went. The next step was digital scanning, so they could get our likeness, get um, a better, get a better,
0: better image of your face. <laughs>
1: so yeah, and so even then, and they go, so we go along, and uh, it was a, a scanning studio up in Sheffield, and I went up there, and uh, weirdly, Adrian. Uh, Adrian Boucher who plays uh Droutos, was was there as well and he'd actually done most of his session but they'd got him back in to do an extra couple of uh, couple of shots they wanted a couple of looks they wanted from him um so chatted to him and neither of us had any idea what the hell was going on. at um,
0: this point even he didn't know after
1: he's finished most of his life. well no because no at this point we hadn't recorded anything it was literally just the and this was the first port of call, so we oh. hadn't done anything at this point recorded nothing. Um, all it was, was getting our facial data, uh, and mm. full, full body data. Um, and so the guys at the studio are going, well, we're doing, we're doing a facial and a full body, aren't we? And I was like, yeah. And they go, okay, well, you're definitely a main character then, because we're only doing full body scans for main characters. We're doing facial scans for lots of other people. But if you're getting a full body, you're definitely a main character. Mm. Um, And evil cop Martin from my audition was there as well. And I was saying to him, look, what's going on? Because at this point I knew they were scanning me, but I still didn't know if I actually had a part, if I was doing mocap, if I was doing voice, anything. And I'm saying to him, do you know what's going on? he's going, I I don't know. I don't, I can't tell you anything. I I wish I could, I can't tell you anything. Next thing that happens, so I do the scan. That's all great, lovely. at this point, they've said to me, by the way, uh, for the scanning, um, now, as you can see, I'm, I'm quite a hairy guy. Um, like, I've got quite a lot of body hair. And they said to me, basically, removing body hair from these scans oh, <laughs> costs a fortune. It, it was something daft, like $5,000 uh, mm-hmm. a hair it works out at. Something stupid like that. So they said, basically, Neat. do you mind... <laughs> um shaving your head being clean shaven and your uh, basically from the waist up oh my god so i you're get yourself a wax so i, I he's basically never, he's I never had, looked back <laughs> he's
2: like that so, is a
3: lifestyle change that i now live by
1: yeah so i i shaved my head uh, i got my housemate to help me i shaved most of my body and then got my housemate to help me tidy up the back of my head and bits i've missed and stuff um, at the same time, I was auditioning for a production of uh, Jekyll and Hyde to play Dr. Jekyll and Master Hyde. Hmm. I shaved my head on the Tuesday. I had my recall for that on the Thursday. I walked into the venue where we were doing it and <laughs> the director looked straight past me because he didn't recognize, he didn't recognize me. Which <laughs> um, so I thought, that's that's a great start. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> did that audition and he was just like I'm really sorry I, I can't get over the fact that you look terrifying now um so it, it's a no we're gonna go with someone else but uh oh, you were great but you look terrifying so sorry so I'm like oh great So I've lost that job and I don't still don't know if I've got anything in this apart right. from being scanned um like, which was great it way. was a nice day and they obviously paid paid me for that but I was like if that's it then it's a shame because this was a month theater run you know yeah anyway next thing i hear is uh, agent phones me up again and says oh right they want you to come in for a, a, a test shoot although what they're saying is it's not actually a test shoot for you it's a test shoot for the equipment and the feasibility of testing out the hardware and stuff we don't really know what it is but here are some sides they want you at um Ealing's, yeah it was Ealing studios it's all um uh we used two studios, we used audio motion and um, I've just completely blanked. How have I just blanked on that? Uh, Imaginarium, sorry, okay. that was it, um, which was Andy Circus's uh, production company.
0: Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, wow. That's
1: so, so we had a test shoot at uh, Imaginarium. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, I still don't know who I'm playing in the film, but I've got a script of King Regis and I've been told you're playing Regis come along and do it we'll shoot for a day we're going to shoot a couple of scenes and yeah basically it's just a, what they wanted to see was whether they could whether they could upload the data fast enough to send it virtually real time to tokyo oh, okay. uh, so that they didn't have to fly the entire creative team over all the time um so what it what you ended up with was 12 people sat in a boardroom in in square headquarters in Tokyo and then a smaller team of between sort of four and six, maybe eight over here. Um, wow. And so they were just testing to see if that, that worked. Uh, That's,
0: cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's like almost like so, live stream the the footage they just got and then they give you uh, like real time feedback on that. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. True. So it was that, so what, what we had the director. Actor, <laughs> yeah, it was, especially because also um, because all the staff were, Japanese yeah uh, and the their sort of level of English varied most almost all of them I think spoke English to a reasonable level Mm -hmm. but a lot of the time they said well we're not always going to be able to to articulate it completely so they used a translator as well so they'd talk to you in Japanese and then the translator would talk to you Um, so you're working you're you're sort of listening to the translator but looking at what the Japanese team are telling you and then the Skype team are also giving instructions as well. That's being fed through. And meanwhile, um, you just
0: like done your little bit, like you, you did your bit, you think you did a good job, like, okay, I nailed it. And you have to wait like five minutes to the relay them. <laughs> you're like, okay.
1: And they go, yeah. You're going great. Is, it, is that good? Is that good? Um, so yeah, so we did the the test footage, um, which ended up actually being used in the film. So the weird thing was uh, The test group was me, Adrian, um, Andrea, who uh, is the the face of Crow, Mm -hmm. um, and Greg, who was uh, Luce. So the four of us were there, and uh, Andrea played uh, Luna, and Greg was playing Nix. I was playing Regis, and then Adrian was was playing Glauca. Uh, and yeah, the, the footage we filmed that day actually ended up getting used. They never reshot the scene. So oh, wow. Uh, I am Regis' death scene, much to John's annoyance.
0: You got to be Regis' death. I got
1: stabbed scene. Yeah. So <laughs> I got I got stabbed through and killed. Um, so that was that was literally my first day on the job. At this point, I still didn't know who I was actually playing. Like, they were like, like, "It might not be the right same character."
3: But. So, not only have they killed you off in your first day, but you yeah. still don't know who you're actually playing. That's, exactly. That's
1: awesome. So, yeah.
2: So, so that this wasn't is... me,
3: right? Like, I just that, that wasn't
2: <laughs> like, you. You're the only actor who's been killed on screen <laughs> and got to ride off into the sunset at the same time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think he's also the 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 last voice we hear in the movie
1: too, unless you I'm. Might, not. might be. I think. I think so. I think so. I think so. Yeah. It
0: closes it out. It
1: so, in the sunset. That's so nice. yeah. So at this point, still haven't got a clue. And I'm like, great. That was lovely. Thanks. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, and so off we go. Actually, just put turn those vibrate off on that. um The uh so next thing we started then then we started getting right. We're going to have a meeting now. We're going to start filming. Here's your script. Here's who you're playing. This is their background and all this sort of thing. Um, and then yeah then it was into into actual filming that was about six weeks later I think we had the first the first sort of cast meeting and uh, production team and we're all sat around and they're like so um, we're just going to show you a little bit of the stuff we've worked on in the past from the team Um, so have a watch of this video and obviously it's like Advent Children, Kingdom Hearts, uh, Bravely Default (laughs) and all this stuff from my childhood coming up on the screen and i'm like oh my god all these people that have made all the things that i used to play as a kid and most of the other people around the room are going i haven't got clear what this is but it looks cool uh and, <laughs> and i'm there, so like, geeking <laughs> out in the corner
3: you gotta keep the hype down you know You're like that can't freak out they can't know cool, they can't know i, like, I, I know well, too
1: much they can't know that I, know too much. I, I got i got outed in that test shoot <laughs> because at the lunchtime i was chatting to uh the, the the translator, uh, the interpreter, and uh, I was saying, "Well, this is quite a big thing because I used to play these games as a kid, and so like this is kind of this is a big deal." And the first thing she did in the afternoon session was went straight over to the Skype call and <laughs> told the fifteen people in the boardroom that I was completely freaking out about being in a Final Fantasy game. They died <laughs> laughing. They absolutely died. I think someone fell off a chair. Uh, they <laughs> were enjoying it so much, and I'm there going. Oh, why did i tell you what? <laughs> so they already knew i was a massive geek um and it, it, it kind of worked in my favor because it meant that the team whenever they came over would be like have you got this and i'm like no and they go okay well here you go here's a copy of here's a copy of 10 and 10-2 that's awesome um,
0: yeah. yeah
1: here's a copy of zero you know <laughs> it's like brilliant this is lovely gee thanks
3: for all the swag but i'm definitely gonna play <laughs> so uh, yeah <laughs> all right bring more bring more next time
0: <laughs> that's also awesome, though it did end up working in
1: your favor like because then yeah. you got you were you were though the one they would recognize like
0: there he is there's leo
1: <laughs> yeah so uh yeah and then it, it it ended up being i had i did the most filming days out of the cast uh because of playing libertus and clarus mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. 900 other small parts you know soldiers and crowd members and things oh like you that. did
0: i didn't know that like so you yeah played-
1: extras so um me and Will Bowden who's uh who did lots of the sort of more minor characters um but also was um he did the capture for Pellner mm-hmm. and uh also uh Peruvia as well and he did the yeah, voice it's, for it's
2: Usually it's faster to ask which characters Will he wasn't didn't
1: play well we <laughs> when when Kubicon when KubaCon did the uh, screening of it we sat next to each other and actually counted them off and we worked out that both of us played 17 different characters oh my god
0: wow that's and this uh, on your list i didn't even know that that's crazy. you at one point you might as well put them on there
1: so yeah so um regis at one point at one wow. point i was in john's showreel because it was the only bit of footage he could get of regis at the time so he clipped that bit and i was like that's very cheeky <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it's, come on that's you but that ain't you come on Don't yeah so uh i ended up doing about 30 days of filming across sort of six months of uh, of the job um and it was great we worked with multiple studios and then the, the last bit of shooting we actually flew to japan and they took five of us out to tokyo uh, and so we filmed the last week of it in square enix's basement in their mocap studio um and got a free holiday to tokyo so it was amazing
0: nice yeah tokyo is on my list to visit (laughs) i would love to see you go to tokyo Mm -hmm. one day
3: eventually right
0: but it turns out it turns out so when you when you got outed as the uh the big fanboy of final fantasy they were like just give him 17 rolls we good to go this guy's awesome just keep
2: (laughs) (laughs) just just, he'll he'll just do it all
0: it's fine. how much much can we give him Well, wow, thank you so much for sharing that, man. That That is a really cool story. Uh, and I, a lot of stuff I didn't, I had no idea. Um, so that's really cool. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so Osby, it says right here, you have a question. I'm sorry. I was oh, about, yeah, to, I yeah. was about so, to ask your question, so, but I was
3: like, I'm not gonna take your question. Go ahead. <laughs> that's, that's cool. I, I appreciate you not, not taking my question. You best, Danny. <laughs> so out of curiosity, being a big Final Fantasy fan and, Getting to do all of this mocap and getting to do the the voiceover and the digital scan, how did it feel to not only see yourself but hear your voice in the final product? Like the first time you see uh, Libertus walk on the screen, what was that like for you?
1: Mind blowing, mm-hmm. absolutely mind blowing. It was, um, yeah. There were there were sort of there were moments throughout shooting which where you stopped and went oh okay one was that first day that first meeting we had as a, a cast and crew um and they they showed up a load of the uh, concept art so there was there was uh, bits of insomnia and some of the armor and the weapons and stuff and then they did the characters and they had used our faces to do the concept art so it was still proper concept art but it was very much like that is my face on that character yeah um, so there's all of us sat around the table being like, that's just my face. That, that's literally <laughs> my face as a, as a sort of very nice concept art. Um, then when we were filming, there was a point where basically when you're doing motion capture, they obviously don't do the full render. But they have um, they have like a real time render running, and it's a grayscale. So you've mm. got the full models and everything's up, and it and usually often have the lighting as well, mm. um, and then no textures. Basically, it's all grey, um, but it means you can kind of watch the scene, see how it's worked, see what you can tweak uh, digitally, and what you need to reshoot, or what you want to shoot with a slight mm. tweak of where people are standing or things like that. Um, and there was a point where I remember sort of standing side on and, and it out the corner of my eye and going, "Yeah, that's my nose that that's definitely my nose. <laughs> that's really captured my nose <laughs> that's that's definitely my nose um, no so that was needed, equally weird me. that was just like yeah, that, yeah. that's they, they've not even changed that that's just my nose. I reckon yeah, you, you
2: do you do have a really grayscale nose <laughs>
1: <thing>. <laughs> just very triangular um <laughs> But no, the, the the actual the final piece. So they kind of they showed us bits and pieces and works in progress as we went. Um, so they, what kind of when we came back, we we basically what we'd do is we'd film for about a week, uh, and then we'd go away for sort of six to eight weeks, and then we'd come back and do another week and move on. And basically, they split the cut, uh, the script into uh, three sections and then into two sections per section so we would take one one bit and film that um, and then we'd go away and basically every time we came back they they would show us what they'd been working on so we got to see some bits not fine generally not final stuff we got to see sort of where it's progressing to what it was looking like so we had some ideas going into it but even then um, the first time I actually got to see the film because I uh, Libertus wasn't in the trailer at all and they were like, we're really sorry, but none of your footage is ready. So we, we can't put it in even the trailer. Um, but so it's going to be a big surprise. So, the yeah, the, just seeing me on screen uh, yeah. and everything, it was really cool because I, I got to see it. Um, they flew me and Andrea out to uh, Comic-Con in San Diego um, to do some press uh, press meet and greets mm-hmm. and um, press junkets and uh, a, a panel yeah. <laughs> so like, they said sometime
0: in June or sometime June July is yeah. remember when you were able to finally announce that you were in the uh, in, in the movie yeah
1: so yeah. they'd the uncovered event was where it was it, it was first announced mm-hmm. um, and there were me Andrea and Neil Nubon who did all the capture for Nick's, uh and then mm-hmm. voiced um, Petra the slightly racist guard um -hmm. the three of us went out uh because we said basically that it's an excuse for a holiday if we come along will you get us in they were like yeah of course come in come along um so we were sat in the middle of the press uh at the uncovered event and obviously the announcement came and people have been saying to us what so what are you here for (laughs) oh we're we're actors what are you doing I can't tell you I, got, I just really like final <laughs> fantasy <laughs> um, so i'd I, i'd got chatting uh i got chatting to the woman sat next to me yeah um, and who happened to work for valve and so i was talking to her about vr and stuff and and getting some of these sort of inside scoop on on where vr was at the time mm-hmm. so this was early 2016 yeah you miss uh,
0: those things man when you you know when you could actually talk to people <laughs> yeah yeah uh, human contact was yeah. lovely <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> um and so she said to me oh so so what are you doing <laughs> well here yeah, and i can't tell you uh and then when the tra- trailer <laughs> came up she just leant over and went is it that
0: Yes. Yes, he did. Yes. <laughs> I
1: um,
0: have no idea what you just said, but yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> uh, and so that was really cool. Just hearing the 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 fans because the fans were at the back of the room and then up in the yeah. in the circle and hearing them go nuts when it was announced was amazing. That was a really uh, cool event um,
0: too. Greg Miller and uh, Tim Gettys as the uh, as the host. Yeah, I really look up to those guys. So that was that was really cool. To yeah,
1: see. they were great. Uh, I chatted to them bri- very briefly later on in the evening. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, it was a really good. It was a really good event, and uh, they did a really good job. And the, the fact that they managed to keep Kingsglaive quiet for the whole,
0: the whole yes. time of
1: filming, um,
0: I feel like there was a little bit of a um, a little bit of a like a slip out uh before the event. Like it was kind of like the rumor was starting to get going. I, if I remember correctly, was there a picture or something
1: that released of Kingsglade beforehand? Uh, so there was. There was a rumor out of I probably definitely can talk about this now. Um, they're not going to come after me for this. There I, was I, a I basically <laughs> there was a leak from China in June 2015. Mm. Um, it suddenly appeared on a bunch of Chinese forums with mm. Square making a film. It's going to be really big budget, and they're using English actors. And this is the entire plot. Um, oh, the whole plot literally, guy. literally they and wow. they they. It wasn't exactly right, but mm-hmm. it, it was close enough that they they had a... It was a good sort of paragraph of text about, this is the plot. It's going to feature these guys and this and this and this. Um, and Square just ignored it. Mm-hmm. They went, if we don't say anything... Sometimes it's the best. The best, It will disappear. And it did. It disappeared. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the Western world went, don't be ridiculous. There's no way Square are doing a film. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um. So that rumour completely then died away. And we were actually filming. We were on a filming session at the time <laughs> and it came out. And we were just like, it, it wasn't us. And they go, "We like it." What, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. I yeah. didn't tell anyone. <laughs> um, so there was that. There was a rumour, I think, that went out on social media. I think, but I think it was, I don't actually know if it was an official thing or I think what happened was some press releases had gone out to people so they could write the press release for that evening rather than them kind of being caught cold with the event going out so i think some information had gone out and there was a very very faint murmur there is something there is something unusual about this one and we don't really know what it is but i don't they, there wasn't really any details that came out at that point it was all just Nothing there's something funny. yeah there's I something know. coming which is unusual and we don't really know what it is yet
0: I was so just, hyped. Um, and I remembered that uh something kind of leaking out beforehand.
2: What's up, Mel? I was I was just gonna say, um I, I don't think I've ever discussed this with you, Liam. Am I right in thinking the release date for Kingsglaive changed because 15 was delayed? Hmm. Is that right? So they brought Kingsglaive
1: forward and released that a few
2: months in advance.
1: The plan, I think the plan was always to release it ahead. Right. Uh, Because of where it sits in the game, obviously you play the first chapter and then Kingslave happens and then you carry on with the game. So I think the, the plan had always been to release it just before the game. Um, But yes, I think the, because obviously it had a very limited cinema release uh, and that was actually tied into the fact that the game was going to be bundled with the film. Mm -hmm. So because it was, because essentially the, the, Amount of work that went into that film was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, at one point, they had employed, I think basically every graphic studio in Japan right. was working on something to do with King's Day because they would, it, it, we start to finish from the actors coming on board to the final piece coming out was under two years. Mm-hmm. So That's working work. from basically nothing character-wise mm-hmm. anyway. They presumably had done some of the um environmental stuff and things but from a character point of view nothing and then having to have it gold that summer so it was it was finished uh it was finished in time for comic con because that's when i saw it uh and they released the first 10 minutes of it at comic con that year
0: that's crazy yeah uh all that done in two years Uh, i always thought me, uh this is just my personal opinion. Obviously, I don't I don't know I'm not but I, I had always thought that they released Kingsglaive um as the uh it was a film because they wanted to put it in the game originally. This is what I this is what I always thought. Like I always felt like fifteen would have opened in Insomnia. Um and you would have played in Insomnia, maybe even had a lot of the events that happened uh through a Kingsglave where you know the Empire comes over, um Niflheim, uh comes over. Niefel, yeah, Niflheim, right? Yeah, they, just, they just went yeah. straight up with Niflheim instead of Nibel. They, they're like, we're just going to go yeah. straight directly with the Norse mythology with this one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Niflheim comes over. And um, yeah, I thought that was all going to be in the game at first. And then they were like, well, yeah. there's no way we're going to be able to get all of this in the game. We got to make all these game assets and, and stuff like that. And they were like, I feel like they so, push it over to a movie. you know?
1: So I think actually it was... The idea came about of making 15 kind of a multimedia thing, mm-hmm. rather than just being the game. We've not had anything out for a while. Um, we want to do something. And also um, with, the, with the people who were involved in Slave. obviously um, people like uh, Takeshi Nozu-san, who's co-director on Advent Children, his background was uh, his, his background is the the cinematics a lot of the time he Mm -hmm. most of the stuff he's worked on is the cinematics. so he was very much like i want to do a film Mm -hmm. i I think we can do a film i think this is the right time to do it um i want to do it and he apparently it was it was very much him who pushed for doing it uh in the west with western actors not with japanese actors Mm -hmm. um as a way to kind of hook in the western market as Mm -hmm. well to be able to say that well look we've got these voice actors in it that you know from things like breaking bad and game of thrones and Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. uh and then obviously there was brotherhood as well which was all planned as well and a lot of this stuff was planned it it wasn't sort of a a last minute actually that won't work so let's pull it out and make something else it was very much kind of designed from the beginning as we're going to have multiple strands coming into the game um i
0: I really like I know. what they did with it. I hope they kind of do it again. It felt like a big, it felt like something big, you know, it was about, you know, you have movies, you have anime, you have the game itself and uh, this big uncovered event. I'm really hoping they kind of follow suit with 16, but, um, but yeah. So that's yeah, cool it was it was,
2: it was kind of like the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, but rather than spreading over 10 years, it was, Right, we're going to release everything
1: all at the same time all so that you can Just enjoy one it. day
0: um, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, you can spend of...
1: the next three months doing nothing but final fantasy <laughs> <laughs> uh, my
3: kind of my kind of three months <laughs> i mean there's been a lot of final fantasy this year while we've been stuck indoors i'm not gonna lie so if it would have released now i mean that that worked out too because you'd have enough time to watch all of it so um question regarding all of the uh motion capture process with having Mm. done so many characters during the filming of this for motion capture um what was the most difficult part of that because uh, i got to see some of the footage from the behind the scenes that was on the the blu-ray and seeing you in the full the full suit with with all the tracking balls and the head rig and all the spots on your face and man I'm sure that was weird, but what was the most uh what was the most difficult part of that as an as an actor?
1: Um, the hardest part for a lot of us was it a lot for a lot of us, it was our first ever motion capture, so we had no idea what to do. And at the start, actually, at the start we were given some not wrong advice, not bad advice, but it was slightly. It was slightly off. So were, we were kind of told, look, the cameras pick up motion. So you need to you need to uh, emphasize things a bit more, because otherwise the cameras won't pick it up. So that's what we were working on. If you think about things like Disney films and Pixar and it, all those sort of things, or even sort of um, some of the earlier monster work like Gollum and things like that, they're always kind of moving, because that's how you can spot it. Um, but in the time that we were filming it to when it came out, the technology that they had pioneered was so much more advanced than it than it was it's kind of it was thought of as a whole. Not it, not so much from Square, but from talking to the technicians who were working as motion capture technicians and things, and they were like, "Well, look, here's just some tips: go big with things because that's how we'll pick it up and stuff." Okay. And actually, when you watch the film. When I watch the film, anyway, it, um, hopefully it isn't so obvious to <laughs> to people watching it, but when I watch the film, I see our performances get subtler because mm. we've kind of filmed it in order. Uh, it, pretty much it was filmed kind of, this is the starting section, the middle section, the end section, and you can see the performances actually get subtler as we started to see the footage and go, oh, okay, you're, you're able to pick that up, mm. right, Mm-hmm. and so that changed so kind of switching into the we need to go big with this uh to then pull it back into actually no you can internalize loads of it and it's still there they are the end product is capable of showing that wow. um that was quite a big that was quite a big thing and um, you mentioned the head cam rigs mm-hmm. um they weigh a ton <laughs> they really hurt uh so they're because they're they're just metal frames basically and and you you (laughs) yeah and you have to screw them basically you they've got um it's a little bit like a hard hat harness inside um and you you tighten it up and it basically just grips into your head and you have to have it so that being able to move your head quickly isn't going to shift the camera yeah so you really have to screw them down tight um, right into
0: your your neuro center. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and so we
1: would we would base when we started filming, we would uh, pop a couple of ibuprofen before putting oh. them on, stick them on, and you'd be like, "Okay, that will get me through the next couple of hours," because I know. And and weirdly, the more you tightened it, the less it hurt. Because if you had it slightly looser, even to the point where it didn't move, but slightly looser you get pain in specific spots was if you really tightened it up, you just had kind of a ring of pain around your head. And then we went to Tokyo and I don't know what they made their ones out of, but they were like wearing nothing. It was amazing. Their head rigs were incredible. They would, I I think they must be carbon fiber or something because they weighed nothing. You put them on, you were like, I might, it's I'm, I could be wearing a baseball cap. Wow. That's cool. it's like, what,
0: Where were these the entire time? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but, can we go don't... back
1: and do
3: these instead? You know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah I, I think this is one of those situations that because you said you were a Final Fantasy fan, you were just testing your limits.
1: Like, Why is this guy That's willing to limit do yeah. There we go. Um,
3: it was oh, just okay. your rig. No one else. is just your. Yeah.
1: yeah. So the, the whole thing was the whole thing was odd, and then obviously, my I, I break my leg very early on. In the film,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and you're not wearing obviously people's it's like we would have people saying to us at sometimes going oh, I must be really cool to wear that outfit you know I'm i not I wore what essentially is a cross between a wetsuit and pajamas <laughs> and a pair of trainers <laughs> right. every day, and that's it. I love that. And so fascinating. One process. of the things with with roles is the shoes drastically change how you walk and they change, they give you your status. So if your character wears trainers, you walk in a certain way. If your character wears, like, thigh-high boots, mm-hmm. that obviously changes how you walk again, if you're wearing, and etc. etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, But obviously, we're all wearing trainers. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to be wearing these big, sort of heavy combat boots, or uh, some of the more regal stuff. And we're still just in these tight pyjamas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having to... Have that in the back of your head going. Okay, at this point, I'm wearing like a big heavy cloak, and we've got all this stuff. And then for the broken leg, we uh, we just used uh, electrical tape and taped my leg up. So we taped um, above and below the knee, mm-hmm. and above and around my ankle, so that I had a bit of resistance when walking. And then I did actually I did have crutches as well as you've probably seen from the behind the scenes footage. Um, but that was, that was kind of the prop to make me go, okay, so I've, I, this is the leg I'm limping on and mm. I can't just use it normally. And that was kind of my reminder to go, yeah, just take that up and I'll feel that. And that's kind of starts to hold my leg in place. Gives me a bit more resistance there. Um, there's, there's all sorts of weird stuff that comes with mocap though. Um, and I know, again, when you say about looking at the, the behind the scenes stuff, I know it gets talked about in that but things like filming some of the throne room scenes where we're stood at the top of a massive staircase and Arden is at the bottom of a massive staircase or Nick's at the bottom of a massive staircase and actually you're on completely the same level Mm -hmm. but they're having to look up straight up into the sky and you're having to look into the ground um so (laughs) you've got this going on where you're talking down there but actually you're talking to the person in front of you and um that was more that was trickier than say some of the sort of more traditional stuff of there's a big monster here with a pole and just imagine it's there Mm. um that was actually easier going okay he's jumping in through this window and flying down here and just track his jump was easier than going okay ignore the person in front of you (laughs) they're actually down against
0: everything that you're trained as an actor (laughs) yeah
1: and they're about 50 yards from you not 10 feet so uh (laughs) So there's all sorts of weird, weird bits that came with, with filming. It was great fun, though. I did I did love doing it. Um, and it's something, one thing that was really helpful is is uh, four of the team who came on, uh, they were hired uh, basically to pick up some of the smaller roles. So it was Will, Neil, um, Amanda, who did uh, Luna's capture, uh, and then uh, Kez, who did... Uh, some bits and pieces did a bit of Luna and then and a bit of Crow as well, I think, and picked up some other roles. But they are all very highly experienced mm-hmm. motion capture actors. Uh, Neil's in well, since then Neil's been in the Planet of the Apes game. Uh, he's in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done loads of stuff. Will is Will did Dracul and all of the other. Uh, motion capture for Castlevania: Lord of Shadows. So these guys were coming into the set and were like, "Right, we've done it all before. If you need any help, we'll we'll help you out." Um, and so just sitting down with them in the first first bit of filming, the first thing we filmed was the uh, was the bar scene where we're all sat around and going, "We just had our asses kicked, but they've run away, so we've won." Um, and that was the first one we did. Uh, and so just having them kind of going, "Yeah, look." that's great what you're doing there is spot on or just think about this or just remember that sort of thing um really really helped uh, and those guys really sort of especially those first couple of days really really calmed us all down because we're just like i don't know what i'm doing i've never done it before um yeah.
0: yeah that's great you got the you got the uh you got the opportunity to meet other experienced motion capture as well yeah. as kind of meet the cast uh, and build a com- camaraderie uh, between the the castmates and stuff, and yeah, w- which would uh, transcend over to the movie.
1: It's it's one of the nice things about motion capture, actually, is is because we're all playing multiple characters. So most of us played at least a couple, if not more, characters. Mm-hmm. So the cast was actually quite small. The motion capture cast is relatively small. I think there were twelve of us in total, mm-hmm. uh, and that included the couple of kids. Um, for the opening bit, uh, there, there was only like 12 of us and we did everything. So when you see these some of these sort of crowd scenes and there's the scene where uh, I think it's Petra is talking to some of the crowns guards and they're all lined up ready. And we would, the, basically the 10 of us shot that and we'd have us in two lines and then we'd, they'd go, right, okay, just take a step back and a step to your right. And we'd just shift back and they'd go, okay, great. We've now got you do exactly what you did before using the same marks, but we've now got you in a different position. Um, and so there were, it was things like that. So they, one of the things they did is they, they didn't want to repeat stuff if possible. Mm-hmm. So crowd scenes, obviously you can just have three people and then go copy, paste, copy, paste, mm-hmm. copy, paste, copy, paste. But what they used to do is they would film the scene two or three times mm-hmm. with us stood in different directions, different places and we'd be giving a slight ever so slightly not not drastically no one's sort of break dancing in the background (laughs) um but a slightly (laughs) different performance each time (laughs) meaning that if you look through those soldiers you go oh they're they're all slightly different no one there's no repetition there there's nothing going on um and i think things like that really do help elevate the film um Um, it's not something you notice It's for just, me,
0: yeah. For me, I I kind of do notice it, you know, like because because I'm so I'm really big into animation and uh, like how these things are made, and you know, it always fascinated me when I see big crowds in CG movies, and you're just kind of like, wow, did they have to individually animate each one of these guys? But it that's awesome. That's really fascinating. Thank you for yeah. for sharing that. It's
1: the 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 depth of detail they took on this is is really quite impressive because they so one of the things um have you guys played the uncharted games mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah uncharted Absolutely. 3 uh there's the spiders in it that keep coming out and keep chasing you at different points in that game um i'm severely arachnophobic i am really arachnophobic um all the best people are Mo, are you arachnophobic? <laughs> no but i'm gonna use this against you, you. Well, I uh, I stand by the best people are right. right, right. Uh, <laughs> the
0: plus one is not arachnophobe. What do you know?
1: In Uncharted Three, the spiders did not bother me because they didn't move right, and I was like, mm. and when I played the HD collection, I was like, I can actually see them properly now. Mm. I know they're spiders, but they're not moving. And what what it was is the animation had two legs moving at a time all the way down the body. So I was like that's why it's not triggering my arachnophobia
3: and <laughs> it's not real fear it's, it's you, your yeah.
1: simulation's wrong you Catch it. It's, like my brain Wars, is telling me that's not real so like it doesn't bother me
0: when, when uh Yo- did you do you watch the mandalorian yeah did you see that when yoda was playing with the eggs and then those spiders started coming out did that trigger oh. something because that animation was good <laughs> let
3: me tell you what man it's oh, so horrible <laughs> <so laughs> i i just feel compelled to share i'm a big arachnophobia i've been I've been bitten by brown recluse twice. I've got scars. It's not fun. Um, I'm not going to show you those scars on this podcast, but maybe afterwards. Uh, so, I went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in um, in Florida and, and got on that ride where you ride the, through the Hogwarts Castle. And there's a there's a portion of that ride where the the massive animatronic spider just drops down right in front of you. You know the you feel like the heat blowing out of it, where it's like. I don't know spitting webs or whatever it's doing and I had a panic attack on that <laughs> oh, ride but <man. laughs> so, like I don't remember anything after that my wife's this huge Harry Potter fan she's having a great time oh my god there's a golden <laughs> snitch or whatever she's doing and I'm just sitting there just you know just just having a moment
1: so I, I,
3: I'm right there with you man on 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 the, on the brain being like mm-hmm.
1: well, my, so yeah my <laughs> I'm I'm badly arachnophobic uh unfortunately so is my girlfriend So uh, that's fun in the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're supposed to be the man of the house, and you see a spider, and you're just like, we'll kill it. (laughs) We got, well, we got, uh, my mum bought me a joke present years ago, which was a spider catcher, which essentially. (laughs) (laughs) He's got it kept by his desk. (laughs) Fortunately, here, most of the spiders are pretty harmless. Like, you're not not really going to do any damage. Mm -hmm. Um, But she bought me this thing called a spider catcher, which is essentially just a long piece of tubing um, with a little mini Hoover on the end. And it's amazing because <laughs> you just hover them up and then just stick them out the window. Um, but my dad, my dad is worse than me. So my dad had to leave the cinema in that bit of the Harry Potter film. Uh, Lord of the Rings as well, he had to leave the cinema. He just wanders out and uh, the ushers are like, where are you going? He's like, I'll be back in a sec. Can you tell me when it's over? And they're like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> my dad, they, my younger brothers were watching... Uh, which one is uh, Chamber of Secrets, isn't it? I think the with the giant spider in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And they were watching it on the telly. And my dad went, I'm going to leave at this point. <laughs> and just went and stood in the hot corridor. And then went, that's probably over. That must be over. And as he opened the door, it was the point where the giant spider leans down and goes, my children must have meat. <laughs> and my dad was like, I'm done. I'm not I'm watching done. this ever again. <laughs> I'm, I'm so out of it. Anyway, to tie this into Final Fantasy because hey, uh, we've gone off go. on a massive tangent. Sorry here. about
3: that. No, spider um, tangent.
1: But yeah, so so the, the thing with Uncharted 3 and the spiders, the animation isn't it doesn't matter but it's not quite right so it's not triggering my phobias. I'm quite glad for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bit where the two rednecks find Crow's body and there's the arm sticking up and the flies all fly mm-hmm. off it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chatted to one of the designers in LA who had worked on those flies and he was telling me that basically they, though each individual fly was blown up to the size of an A1 piece of paper oh, wow. and they would they would model those flies and uh, so each one was the size of sort of a 40 inch telly um, and they'd model them exactly and they he said we must have done 20 30 iterations on these flies we'd send them over and they'd go still not quite right try tweaking this, try tweaking. And it is in it for all of half a second. And that was the level of detail that they were going for. And it, it, and you, it's the reason why it's so, I think it's such a good film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it suffers from that uncanny valley that you get as well, because of the level of detail they went to. Mm-hmm. You don't get that slightly, that's not real bit that you get from uncanny valley where you go, oh no, that's, mm-hmm something's wrong there um it's one of the things of of motion cap in general uh if you compare motion capture to things like rotoscoping uh, and cgi um spider-man is the is the prime example in the toby Maguire ones whenever he swings towards the camera at the end of the films you go that's not a real person mm-hmm. because he doesn't move right yeah and you can spot when things have been motion captured because even if it is wire work and and they're doing something fantastical mm-hmm. you can still tell it's a human being doing the motion and it's not just computer generated uh and i think it really does make a difference um absolutely and it's but that that was kind of the that was the level of detail they were going for though they, they're really really hot on those on those tiny little things that pull people out um i'm glad
3: they are it, it makes it what it is man yeah, it does yeah, it's, it's so good Absolutely. I think
2: um, for your resume as well, Liam, you should probably put uh, that you you're able to pick up on the movement, just so that you can go to every test screening there is of, <laughs> of, of any movie coming out. So like, yeah. Right. Okay. We've got this right. Oh, Liam, that's... Liam Alvarez on the ground crying. Right. Yeah. We've,
1: we've <laughs> nailed this. Uh, mo- motion expert. Yeah. Good. He says yes. He says it's great. He says it's. Fun.
2: Motion like, perpetuates. He's like, I'm a connoisseur of motion. <laughs> well,
0: so, so yeah, Kingsglave was absolutely amazing. I love it. Um, but you, you, you got the opportunity to, to return to the character, which was really cool because um, you know, Libertas, he has a redemption in the in the end of um, Kingsglave. But yes. to really get the full closure, uh, you play the Comrades multiplayer expan- uh, expansion. And you get this um, almost full atonement for the for the character, um, yes, a, as well as for the rest of the the king's life. <laughs> um, so I really thought that was cool to have you come back, uh, be Libertus in the game. So now you can officially say that you were in a Final Fantasy movie as well as the final as a Final Fantasy game. So yeah. that's really cool.
1: It was it was very cool, and that again that was something that I didn't know was happening until it happened kind of thing it was a it was again it was a phone call from my agent saying oh by the way they've been back in touch and they want they want you to come back in and record a load of lines for the uh for an expansion thing Mm -hmm. my agent isn't really a gamer uh she was like (laughs) it's a gaming thing I I don't know what it is but they want you to to be the sort of tutorial (laughs) character so yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah cool great love it um And that was actually, that was the weirder one, I think, from the film because the film in a way, so I didn't do, they didn't use me for motion capture for the, uh, for the game, all the motion capture for the games were done in, in Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, So both for the main game and all the DLC, all the motion capture was done. uh, And it was just the voice, the voice stuff that was done um, around the world. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I didn't do any of the motion capture. So all I'd got, was essentially my sides. So it was just my lines for the DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really know what was going on. I knew obviously a, a rough outline, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what my lines were referring to, who I was talking to, what was going on. Whereas with the film, I'd done it all. So seeing right. it again, there was that that was that sort of lovely feeling of, I remember this, this was fun mm-hmm. and wow, it looks amazing. But it was very much a, I remember this. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw Comrades, which was the, which is when Square did a, they did a sort of promo piece for Comrades coming out. Mm-hmm. You did um, the
0: the epic uh, monologue for that. That was awesome. The
1: the YouTube monologue that yeah, yeah. that was cool. That was nice. Uh, that was a lovely piece as well. That was yeah.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> but we did we me uh, me Robbie um, Adam and Ray. Uh, Got well, those three all LA-based anyway, but they flew me out to LA to play Comrades. Uh, we essentially the four of us sat down and got to play Comrades before it came out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that opening sequence where we loaded up and had our characters, and suddenly there's my face talking at me, and I was like, "Oh wow, wow, <laughs> okay, this is cool." Um, the game now, bitch. Yeah, and again, proper sort of fanboy moment, and yep. again caught on camera. <laughs> I time these things beautifully. Uh, <laughs> they had
0: the camera waiting on you. Oh, they, they, <laughs> you so, <know> did. It. <laughs> they so did. They so It
1: was a it was a really it was a really bizarre night because I'd flown out the day before, the night before, so I'd landed. Uh, I'd landed about nine o'clock at night or something like that. Mm. Um, got and met up with a couple of the guys from Square and some of the film crew who were doing the behind the scenes for this particular thing. I'd gone to bed at sort of midnight, half 12, maybe even one o'clock local time. Was up, not stupidly early, but obviously was still jet lagged and sort of half on UK time. So was up at, must've been sort of six or seven in the morning. And by the time we actually filmed the stuff, it was about, we started filming, I think, around about seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night my playthrough of the game came around about half 10 and the interview that i gave was at about quarter to midnight because i was the last they were like well you're getting a lift with with matt and he's gonna be here till the end so we may as well let the others go and we'll do you last (laughs) by this i am so stoned out of it because i'm just i'm i've got no sleep I think I think I said interestingly forty to one times in a two and a half minute interview or something stupid like that. Um, so I just look when if you if you find that clip again where they they did the little footage of I look just completely out of it. I haven't got a clue what's going on, or who I am, or where I am. It's like I promise, um, I I love this game, guys. Yeah,
2: it's, I it's promise I do. Enough. I'm just so damn tired. Just it's, leave me alone. It's, Just, it's cross just spent, in the spent so much time looking at yourself on screen. Your brain is just going nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: that's
0: great. I haven't seen that one. I will find it after this video uh, <laughs> or after this. Yeah, episode.
1: it went out on a live on one of the the Square Enix live streams. Because um, yeah. we had based the problem. The annoying thing was we had issues. The reason it went so late is because um, we'd... The plan was Square had run it past Sony and they'd got all the green light to be able to load it up and have the four PS4s communicate with each other. And the idea was that we were going to form a party as the four of us, and off (laughs) we'd go and do it. Um, For some reason, it just would not play ball. And they, they, they were uploading it. It was all on the server in the way it should be. The servers were communicating back and forth the way they should be, but for some reason... The four PlayStations would not talk to each other, um, so then they said, "Right, well, we'll get you back again." So they got me there. They then flew me back out at the end of the month, uh, and we did the live stream one where the four of us, and uh, it worked. I think it, in some ways, it actually worked better than the original idea because it meant that we we paired off and we did the live. I think, about a week after it came out or a couple of days after it came out. So people had already started playing it. They already had characters. And then during the, we were like, right, we're going to do some playthrough now. We paired off, so we had two instances each and people could then come and join join us playing um, and join us playing in the game. Uh, so I think, it worked, I think it worked out really well in the end, but it, it's... Uh, in the moment, yeah. Though. Oh, that, sucks. that was just that moment of when it opens up and i was like i recognize that voice i know these lines um and then see Libertus doing his cheerleader thing which is the worst power it's the worst special power isn't it he does the sort of firework like cheerleading thing which is a it's a boost it's great but i was like Come on. I, mean, you I said hit I people with a car in other it. stuff. <laughs> 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 Brave Exvius. I run people over with a car. And in this <laughs> oh, one, I, I fire it. little fireworks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in um, I think it's in Brave Exvius. Libertus's Limit Break is... Uh, <laughs> have you played um, Infamous? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Batman special where the Batmobile comes and runs them over. It's basically the same thing. So Libertus gets into a four by four and runs him over like ripped out of the movie too like where do you, yeah where do you... that's his living <laughs> it's brilliant um
0: comes crashing into the scene
1: <laughs> so to go from that to to sort of sparklers right? like, are you kidding this
2: was and... them getting you back for the pacific rem <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it was>.
3: and, <laughs> and that fans is the soundbite of the evening sparklers. Sparklers. <laughs> Also, <laughs> the
0: last also, thing I love. They made, me
1: short and fa- they made me shorter and fatter as well. I was very upset about that. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did the up for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because I, I made my. So the first character I made, I made them my height and I stood them next to Libertus. And I was like, <laughs> wait. Why is think. Libertus coming up to here? What is. He's just sort of big pot belly I was like oh, come <laughs> He's on there like, you got some explaining to do man
0: it's just cruel yeah. after after the uh you know escaping from
1: uh, insomnia he just he just went on a went on a eating spree <laughs> yeah carb spree yeah just loves that loves that mashed potato
0: <laughs> the last thing i will uh, say about uh, kings glade before we move on to the uh, the audiobook cuz i do want to talk about that audiobook. Um, the last thing i i did notice i recently watched a clip uh, you did a stage performance uh, at yeah. Pomex I thought that was kind of cool I was like man well now so now you have played Libertus in a CGI film a uh you know video game and now on stage as Libertus. how do, what's up man what, what, what did that feel like
1: <laughs> that was cool as well that was really really yeah. good fun um I think that was uh Adrian's idea I think it came from Adrian and Claudio, and they said, Look, do you not think this would be cool if we did if we <laughs> tell me this wouldn't really be cool? <laughs> um and at this point we'd had we'd had cosplay costumes made for us very kindly. Uh Silver lining uh Silver Line cosplay had made us so Adrian's got the full Droughtus outfit as you've seen from the, the clip. Uh mm-hmm. and me and Will both had um the King's Glaive coats.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we were like, well. Obviously, Glasgow's already seen these outfits, so that's kind of that cat's out of the bag. So how are we going to better that? And they, so that's where the idea came from of, well, let's do a stage bit, <laughs> why not? And if we do that particular scene, we can get people out of the audience, we can mm-hmm. pull people out. Uh, people are in Kingsglaive cosplay, we can get them off on stage and they can do all this. And it was amazing. It was really, really good fun. Um, Will had to learn his lines the night before because he didn't have the script. So I had to give him the script and be like, you're playing... He was like, what am I playing? You're playing Nick's mate. He was like, what? I'm, uh, what? So, yeah, he had to learn a lot of lines that night. Um, but, no, it was great. It was really, really good fun. Uh, and I think it went down very, very well. Uh, everyone in the, the crowd seemed to love it. Um, and it was really nice just to revisit those characters again uh, and get to play around... Yeah. Play around with him. It was
2: just, well, yeah. It was It was. A, it was I, I was sitting a few rows back from the the front, and it was incredible oh. to witness. And I actually um, just to go back when we were talking about uh, Richard and Lindsay of, of Silver mm. Line cosplay, when they presented, I was in the room in Glasgow when they presented uh, the the costumes and Adrian in particular. It actually brought a tear to Adrian's eye because you guys have obviously spent the best part of two years learning about this project, going through all the motions, all that hard work, but had never actually worn those outfits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a big, big deal to Adrian yeah. to actually be able to do that mm-hmm. to it the really point was. where um, at every cup coin event um, after the opening ceremony, there's a cosplay catwalk where everyone in cosplay can go up and uh, go around and, and have their photographs taken. And the three, uh, the three guests dressed as Kingsglaive got up and joined the queue. <laughs> And just waited eating. in the queue to get to get their, their photographs taken as being in cosplay. It was it was a, a fantastic moment.
1: Adrian, you saying about shedding a tear? I'm going to ask him on this one because when uh, the day after, the morning after, um, when he was saying goodbye to them, he was absolutely bawling. Mm. And the best of it was, me and Will were trying. to... We'd been doing an interview for someone, mm. and so me and Will were trying to carry on the interview while Adrian went to say goodbye to them. And he was only stood about. About two feet from us, we just heard him start to cry, and we're like, "Do we just carry on or what? What is going on?" <laughs> no, it was it was really lovely for them to yeah. to give us those pieces, and uh, they are very very cool. And yeah, Adrian was blown away by because he as you say he got the full the full outfit. Yeah, um, I've got really some cool, cool bits and pieces over the years. People have I've got uh, somewhere
0: it was it was really cool uh to see them see you guys in the full full um outfits and stuff
1: but well, i've got some nice bits and pieces over oh, the years wow. so nice Yes, sir so, that's so awesome. that was uh that was a uh, uh, actually the guy who did that works for square in uh, in canada hmm. um and i've also got a one of nick's kukris and bits and pieces of that so yeah there's some cool little props people have made for us over the years
3: that's but awesome. did they send you the movie on Blu-ray? Did you get a free
1: copy? <laughs> have you got it in four K? <laughs> I've got the still box version. I don't remember if they actually sent it to us. They said they would. <laughs> did, I don't did you not get a copy? Happened. I'm
2: sure Dan Cito brought a box of Dan these. Did
1: I've? Uh, yeah, it's actually up on the. It's up on the top here. I have got the collector's edition. Nice. Because I yeah, I completely got screwed by that one <laughs> by being at, um Because of being at Uncovered. We got completely screwed by the collectors editions because being in the US meant that we couldn't access the UK store, and they went on sale during <laughs> the Uncovered event. It's like oh, I've got hope in hell. Um, so yeah, then then Dan gave gave a few to. Uh, yeah, I'm us sure. Um,
2: yeah, he brought a box of things over, and there were two copies of it uh, because I remember. As, as Alex Main, like the lead organizer, was going through the box, he found both copies, and he put one aside to give away as a gift, and put the other one aside for you mm. um, or for Dan to actually, give to you. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, was just, I think Dan had actually put a note on it, give to Liam. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was the copy that practice. went
2: away to the the as a, a gift. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
3: Danny so, and i both have one you can nope. see his back in the background mine's hiding over there but it's it's the ps4 <laughs> version so we're all like you know just all yeah, across the, the spectrum of the games love as it.
0: soon as it went up for pre-order i uh i, I just snatched it as fast as i could and yeah. uh and the only copy they had left was xbox one which i love you know I, I have both xbox one and a ps4 but i had just bought a ps4 pro and i was like man I got. I want to play it on the on the pro. You know, I gotta do that. So I went out and got the uh, the uh, Big Bang Steelbook that it came yeah. that you could buy. So I have I have I have two copies of it. I don't. It, I love Final Fantasy Fifteen. So that, it
2: was fine with me. Do you know this? This is a weird thing to have to admit um, during a recording. But with the up, up until John Bentley came to Glasgow um, earlier on in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. Liam is the only person I've ever fanboyed over. The yeah. first time we met in London, uh, we were sitting beside each other um, doing signings, but I hadn't played 15. I'd only seen Mm-hmm. So being able to sit beside Liam was a, a big deal for me at the time. And it's, it's the, the only time I've ever had a, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> moment. And uh, You had it with I,
1: John, but that kind of died when you essentially guided him around Glasgow.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, well I still, I still had it. You know? yeah, Liam was cool, but man, I <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I t- 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 took took wow. John on a tour. John and his son Noah, we took him on a tour around Glasgow and that even now I'm like <laughs> Um But yeah, I think I think Liam was was my first that's uh final <laughs> fantasy <laughs> crush yeah
3: had to
1: play it cool right had, didn't yeah, couldn't let right. him know all about the bromance it's, that was it's all been downhill since it then it, it <laughs> <was>. <laughs> hey don't say that my mom will be very offended i know true, oh, wait, we, true.
0: we have this story we have to tell it now because you, you posted it on twitter <laughs> i got i got gotta hear the story
2: go ahead well uh, the uh the, the story itself it was it's, it's nothing too exciting um i met liam i happened to be in london um, at the time of uh, the, the kind of big European soccer uh, final, um, you don't and, have
0: to be all correct with us, man. It's you can right, Okay, or, okay. So, <laughs> I know um, that uh, that really hurts your feelings when you have to call it soccer. So uh,
2: Liam, uh, Liam supports a, a team from London called Arsenal, and their bitter rivals, Tottenham, were in the final. So of course, I came. I came to join Liam in supporting the opposite team. Um which which happened to be Liverpool, but Liam's mum was down visiting at the time. Um so just we we all we all had drinks together and I happened to be going in the same direction uh, as her afterwards. So so walked her home and uh got very nice feedback from
1: <laughs> from Liam's mum afterwards. Uh, yeah, my, uh, so, elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not touching that with a barge pole Um <laughs> Yeah, so basically what it was is my mum was down for work. And uh, as Mo was saying, it was the Champions League final and it was Liverpool versus Tottenham. And my mum is a massive Liverpool fan and has been for years and years as a kid, was a Liverpool fan, went to Liverpool University so that she could go to Anfield and stand on the car. Um, and so, yeah, I was meeting her in a pub and messaged Mo saying, you're around, aren't you? Come and join us. And uh, yeah, so we sat and watched yeah. the, the football. And then, yes, he very kindly... Accompanied my mother. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, back up to the
2: station. So I got to got to fanboy over Liam Mulvey at my first ever Comic Con. Eighteen months later, I'm out drinking with his mum. With the, yeah, <laughs> walking her home, man. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's Welcome like a that's a loving <laughs> living the dream, right? That's a, yeah, that's the dream. a big
3: big difference there, man. That's went like... on a date with John. Walked, you went on a date with Liam's mom.
0: What? You, what?
3: <laughs> now hold on danny before soon he's gonna go on dates with us and it's I was okay gonna say
0: can i so, be next mo like... <laughs> <laughs>
2: let's just let's just uh make it happen you never know you never know once COVID goes and then so good and,
0: hey that would be awesome <clears throat> i remember conventions that would be fun to meet you guys at the convention <laughs> absolutely uh, so right after you walked your uh you walked liam's mom home you uh you had contacted liam and said hey can you do the audiobook is that what is that what happened like
2: yeah, that, that was the blackmail. Is that, is that how it went <laughs> down? <laughs> yeah. If you don't do this audiobook, I'll tell everyone. <laughs> I watched your mom.
3: But now that the audio book's almost done, we're just gonna tell it anyway, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Liam, you've you've stayed within the Final Fantasy community uh after Kingsglaive. And now you're doing the Nibelheim incident, uh, which is written by Mo. Um, and it's being supported by Koopicon, which you can find on the patreon for Koopi, uh, Koopicon. <laughs> for Koopocon. Uh you can find that on their patreon. Um, how has this experience been doing the the narration for it?
1: It's been great. It's been really really good fun um, I, I got a copy of Nibelheim instant from Mo when it first came out. Uh, I think you sent me a digital copy when it was first, coming out. yeah
2: well the I think I, I sent you one to uh, very very soon before like the the book released at a CoupaCon event in Birmingham in the UK which was the same event where Kingsglave was screened um so there was a sort of special event where the we got as many Kingsglave actors um, as possible to join um so there was yourself Adrian will and John campling who who plays Regis. Um, was there and then we we did the Kingsglaive screening, but it also happened to be the event where we were launching the Nabelheim incident book. Um so it sort of I, I'm assuming at that point there was rumblings very early on with Alex Main, the, the lead organizer, about the potential of doing an audiobook. And I guess it wasn't until many months later that we we you know had a serious discussion about it, but I think quite early. Quite early on. Can you remember when when Alex first mentioned it to you, Liam? Uh,
1: yeah, it was. I think it was shortly after Birmingham, got a month later or so. And there was a very. We had this slightly weird conversation where he said to me, "We're we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to do a a version, uh, an audiobook version of the of the book. Uh, would you be interested in doing it?" And I said, "Yeah, definitely be interested in doing it. Sounds sounds great." And he went, "Okay." Cool, I'll bear it in mind yeah. and then um, sort of talking to him later and I was like so um, who is actually doing it and he said well, I thought you just said you were doing it I said no no. you asked me if I would be interested in doing it and I said <laughs> I would be interested you didn't tell me I was doing it I, I, I assumed you had some ideas and we're going to be approaching other people <laughs> so uh, yeah again something about something about Final Fantasy and me getting cast in things doesn't work because people just don't tell me that, that I am actually know. doing it. You don't get um, to know. But
2: <laughs> there, there, there I was thinking that it took six months before we announced it. That we were doing it. And I I thought it had just been put aside. But lo and behold, it turns out we were waiting the whole time for Liam to record. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Well, you guys are waiting on me? What's going on?
1: <laughs> yeah. who? So am I doing it? Um, but then so the job is mine. Oh, yeah that's
2: funny man. yeah okay oh, all right. i've actually got to do it now oh, God. <laughs> fine so the um, only reason i'm actually on this podcast is to make sure he appeared <laughs> 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 Great. Um,
1: well then we had the weird the, the the fun bit of uh obviously all the characters in advent children are american because this was before the remake came out so uh our everything was done off off obviously the original seven, Advent Children, Crisis Core, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I recorded the first, I recorded the prologue. We basically were like, well, let's, let's, I said, well, I'll I'll record the first bit. I'll send it over. You guys can have a listen to it and give you some feedback. And um, the first bit of feedback, Alex was like, Mo says, why the, are they all American? And I was like, because they are all American, isn't? are they not? And he was like, don't, why? No, it's fine. You don't have to do American voices. For all of them. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, oh good God. <laughs> <laughs> um, and
2: uh, uh, yeah, just, so- just before you move on, sorry, uh, just to sort of tie this in, the prologue is actually uh, from Sung's point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vic, Vic Chow, who does Song in the remake, was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, so Vic, Vic, if you're listening, um, wait till you hear Liberty uh, uh Liam's butchered right. uh so version right. of Liberty's Liam. <laughs> no, my brain you said is we were going to call so him this
0: at one point, it was Mo.
2: <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait till you hear Liam's voice. Is
0: that what you're saying, Mo? Yeah,
2: yeah, bas- yeah. basically, Vic, Vic will be stirring, <laughs> you know, so uncomfortable with uh, Liam's <laughs> performance as some. <sung. laughs>
3: not that bad i thought it was good hey man hey now leave liam Ertis alone over there Liam oh
1: man yeah Uh, uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun and i've uh, as as i was saying to you um offline i basically we've been recording it for what is it? it's about 18 months
2: then that about yeah
1: yeah and basically I, i i do i would do a few chapters they get sent to alex mo then goes they're rubbish redo them um, we send them to Alex again. He then puts some nice music on, um, over the top, uh, done by, done by Pontus. Uh, and then they go out to the, the Patreon, uh, subscribers. Um, there was the fun bit of me moving out of my house in London and essentially being homeless for six months, uh, where I bounced back and forth and was like, I, I can't do any recording. I, I don't have it. So I had to sort of hope that we got through enough uh I think Alex slowed it down a little bit and then as I was saying um we have now finished all of it it was uh I finished the recording yesterday so they've gone up I don't think Mo has listened to them yet uh because he's still talking to me so clearly he hasn't listened to them yet (laughs) um what did you do to my book um I know it's been really good fun it's been really nice and the book itself is 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 really good um it's a fantastic book. Uh, it's so it was it was a really easy thing to record as well. Um, yeah. Not everything with voiceover is is always easy and straightforward, and uh, especially doing things like adverts. Some of those jingles do not roll off the tongue easily. Um, but doing most stuff was really really easy. Uh, really really lovely. Um, and I'm, uh
2: th- thank you so much for saying so and yeah. likewise uh, your 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 performance in it has been fantastic' it's, it's still it still blows my mind that first of all we've got to the stage where you know something that I've written has actually been recorded as an audiobook and second of all that it's actually you know someone of liam's talent is actually doing it so that's. Um, uh, I'm saying that sincerely, I'm not I'm not making I'll, fun of him. I'll give you the tenor later. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'd, I'd I think he's done a phenomenal job, and you know there's there's something very comforting about sort of listening to Liam's voice, and there there has and I've told him this before, that there has been a couple of occasions where I've fallen asleep listening. Uh, to Liam, uh, I when, think he means that in a good way, though. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. apparently, just, apparently, just... my voice is soporific. So, um, so, and
2: in my defence, uh, the same thing used to happen to Liam's girlfriend as well.
1: So. <laughs> Not while she was with Mo. Just to be no. clear, um, <laughs> this is all getting very awkward. Uh, no, it's getting, it's getting good, good. No, she's even now. She's like, I can't sleep. Read to me, and I'll go. Okay, <laughs> chapter three. <laughs> they went off. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> well we
3: that's a good good content that's right it's yeah just...
0: i will i will concur that it was excellently written and excellently uh narrated <laughs> um from from an outside uh, point of view from you guys um i really really have enjoyed listening to the audiobook so i, I do appreciate right. um you obviously mo for writing it uh such a iconic uh scene or i guess um culmination series of series of
2: events yeah
0: yeah, um, it's so iconic, not just Final Fantasy, but in video games overall. Like Sephiroth walking through fire, burning Nibelheim. This is this is uh, such an iconic moment, and to have Liam Mulvey, as you said, uh, Liam's talent is is tremendous, and I really do think that you do a, a spectacular job doing the the narration Liam. it's it's very <laughs> engaging it's uh, it doesn't put me to sleep <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's very good so I really really encourage everyone to please go to uh, uh patreon where you can find all of the audiobooks uh, or you know the audiobook uh, recordings and I'll have the link in the description so please check that out
2: um, as yeah, uh, just to just to be be um, the 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 new chapters themselves have a 14-day Patreon exclusive, but the rest mm-hmm. of them are actually free uh to listen to. So right now the most recent one is chapter 21. Um so there are a few good hours worth of content um available for free. Um and the, the link itself is uh forwards or sorry, forward slash T N I. Um and you know, I, I personally, I love uh, Liam's performance as Hojo. Uh, I, I think the voice he brings to Hojo is absolutely amazing. Uh, so it's it, it has, for, for me, it's, it's been a dream come true, actually having having an audiobook. Um, but it's, yeah, the, the level of quality that, that Liam has brought and the, the production from Alex and Kupikon. And, you know, um, I, I have a sort of uh, ongoing rivalry with Pontus, the musician, but... Uh, his, his music's the, the the music that's been used in it is it just blows my mind so i'm mm. extremely grateful to to alex and cupicon and to everyone involved that you know we've been able to put this together
0: yeah absolutely yeah. And, and it's uh it's also worth noting to if if you want to just read it and you, maybe you maybe you don't want to hear liam's voice i don't know uh but <laughs> if you want to just Fair read it, uh yeah you can go to the the patreon for uh mj gallagher and uh, that's patreon.com/njgallagher. Uh, I'll also have that in the in the description. <clears throat> you can just man, you can you can download it for free, but let's let's contribute, all right? cuz this is some excellent final fantasy content um, and and he's getting put in in written format and yeah, just spectacular stuff. So, uh, I wanted to give you a shout out to Mo uh, but yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you want to hear Liam's voice in your eardrums, you know what I mean? Yeah. Listen with headphones. Dolby Atmos, it's great.
1: <laughs> absolutely. If you, absolutely if you can't sleep it's perfect <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, One question i did have about the book though um i have i've haven't written uh excuse me i haven't read the entire thing yet but uh what how did you feel about the taking such an iconic moment you said you've played final fantasy 7 uh when you were growing up uh has it changed how you how you look at the moment um has it improved the moment because of all the detail that Moe's putting into it all the thoughts from the you know the characters and uh, he really fleshes out this uh, this moment um has, has it changed that by at all uh, now that you've finished the audiobook
1: a bit because obviously i so i played seven uh, as a kid that was kind of that was my first final fantasy and so it's it's still to this day my favorite, although I still haven't actually played the remake. Mm. Cause I keep going, I know it's ridiculous. I've had it since launch. I had pre-ordered it and everything. Mm. I've had it and then I keep going I'll I'll do it. I'll start it tomorrow. <laughs> and now it's become now it's become a thing and I'll keep just putting it off. And I keep talking about streaming it and then I'm like, do I really want to if I stream it though, I'm only going to play it like, you know, a couple of hours, yeah. couple of nights a week and so um, i still need to play it um, That was kind of like
0: my thing I, I wanted to stream it because it's such, it was such something that meant so much to me and i was like oh yeah this would be great to get my reactions as i'm going through it but then yeah. i was like when you stream it you don't really you don't get to feel it you know you don't get to experience it, uh,
1: it you're trying to do 73 other things at the same time exactly check yeah. the comments and keep a track of everything so uh, yeah. i will play it at some point but for for me i hadn't played uh, any of the any of the spin-off ones, so Crisis Core uh okay. or Cerberus or any of those. Um and so obviously they go into more detail into this event. Obviously it's in it's in seven, but it it is kind of an overview precy of what happens rather than the in-depth version. So for me reading Mo's book and then rereading it for the the audiobook has been great because it it just the amount the level of depth and detail and the 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 clear amount of love that Mo has for these characters and, and this series mm-hmm. um, just shines through, and it's really, it's it's a, it, it's been great. It's been really fun. It's been lovely to read it. Um, one of the nice things about doing it, sort of a few chapters at a time, is I, I'm kind of rereading it. Mm-hmm. I've basically been rereading it over the last sort of year or so, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's put me in a good position now to start the remake because yeah. just finished the book, now go off <laughs> and do the remake and go, oh, that's what they sound like. Okay. Ah. <laughs> just uh, um,
0: my voice. You know, little, <laughs> little uh,
3: heads up on that remake over there, sir. You, uh, you're uh, you in for something. It's a good treat, but man, <laughs> it sure is something. And yeah. for your for our uh, insight thoughts on that, we have that all in our back catalog of Final Fantasy TV. Yeah final podcast episodes I won't go into that here now but you'll have a really good time I promise
0: yeah if you're you're listening to this right now just check out final podcast 7 where we do a big final fantasy 7 celebration episode as well as uh, final fantasy 7 or final podcast 7 remake uh, where we do some unfiltered thoughts on that Um, but yeah so awesome Uh, I I believe this is going to kind of wrap up our podcast here I do really appreciate you taking some extra time and talking to us sharing these awesome stories um, man, it's been great. Uh, I love getting that inside look at your, your experiences with Kingsglaive. Um, and as I said, I'm a really big fan, so I'm, I may not be like Mike Mo was at that one, uh, Kupakan sitting next to you because I wish I was sitting next to you and like actually talking to you face to face, but I, I was really, uh, giddy <laughs> uh, i was i was really excited to talk to you today um i, I i'm a big fan uh, so. well
1: look thanks having me on it's been great fun um yeah it's it's just been it's been really nice chat to, to you guys i'm sure uh as mo said once things are vaguely back to normal again hopefully uh we can get some conventions going and uh maybe the four of us can actually meet up and uh yeah, all we'll hang out. Um Yeah. I mean that- bring your mom. Bring my mom. Ra- <laughs> yeah, my mom can come along. She'll <laughs> have a clue what we're talking about <laughs> my <mom> can
3: come. <laughs> Yo, can you bring your mom? Is your mom come? Hey, hey, is your mama coming? Where's she at? <laughs>
0: Oh man! All right, you guys. Thank but, you. So uh, yeah,
2: no. Thank thank you for having us. It's it's been yeah. a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Mo, for uh for for joining us today. Um, I, I really appreciate that. It's awesome that you were a return guest. I was, uh, you know, blown away when I had you come on the show the first time. I didn't think you would be uh, able to come back on again, and that's that's incredible. Um, and what's really cool about that is that you know you have such amazing work that needs to be highlighted, uh, spotlighted. I guess on, uh, on the Final Fantasy community in general, like people need to know about this. Uh, as Liam said earlier, your love, your passion for it, um, it's all, it all resonates within your writing. And I, you know, I recently discovered it uh, sometime last year and I've been hooked. So thank you thank so you. much. That's yeah. very
2: kind of VTC, so thank you
0: yeah all right guys well that's going to do it for this one thank you so much for watching final podcast uh we'll see you on the next one we have awesome uh guests lined up throughout the rest of this month so stay tuned to i guess the twitter uh you can find us on twitter youtube um anything slash final fan tv we'll be making the announcements there <clears throat> uh would you guys like to have like a link or you want to you want to share a, like a link or somewhere they can find you follow you or something like that yeah plug your stuff yeah, plug your
1: stuff, man. Uh, well, people can find me. My Twitter is at Liam underscore Mulvey. Um, I also have a Discord server as well called uh, Glaives of Glory, which ties into my Twitch. Uh, if people want to check out my Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash Glaives of Glory. Hmm. That's one word. Uh, I stream a couple of times a week, um, and all the Discord links and everything are, are all tied into there, so people can come and find all my stuff that way.
0: Awesome. No. Well,
2: uh, I'm quite active on Twitter and Twitter, uh, Facebook. So my Twitter handle is at FFVII novels, all one word. Um, Facebook is just facebook.com, Final Fantasy Seven, Unofficial Novelization. And all my work, uh, the vast majority of it, is, is free to download or to check out. Uh, but there is some behind the scenes content as well. Um, so that's patreon.com forward slash MJ Gallagher.
0: Awesome. And then also check out, the Norse myths that inspired Final Fantasy VII. You can get it on Amazon and other uh, places you can find books, I'm sure,
2: right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, and the links to that will be on my social media. So Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, uh, you'll you'll find the links there.
0: Awesome. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast. Thank you for watching.